welcome back. This is the Multipod, and we are on, uh, what is this, episode 92, something like that. We're getting close to 100. That's pretty exciting. That is exciting. My name's Ted. I'm one of your co-hosts, and Vanessa's here with me. How are you doing today, Vanessa? I am doing pretty well, thanks. How are you? I'm super busy, and <laughs> everything's happening. Actually, well, first, okay, I don't want to leave our guest hanging. Let me introduce Deepti. Deepti Kanapan is here with us, and how are you doing today? Really good. Great. Great to have you here, and we're going to get into your life story and uh, things you're up to. Um, but I do want to make a quick announcement now that it, it just came to mind. So uh, long-time listeners of this podcast will know that I've often talked about my job and how I wanted to be like self-employed and the podcast business and all the rest. So mm -hmm. that has started. I've really been doing it now for, this is May of 2022, and I've been doing it really full-time for the last like five or six months. So in a sense, it's kind of anticlimactic, but... This Monday, like four or five days ago this week, would have been the day that I would have gone back to work because my regular like summer seasonal job. So that's when oh it goodness. really kind of hit me like Monday morning, like, holy crap, <laughs> I don't have to go back to work today. <laughs> of hey, course, I'm working from home, but still. Yeah, because, you know, I'm off the winters anyway. So it, I didn't really feel it until this Monday and it's like spring and the weather's nice. Everything's opening up and like normally I'd be down at the canal there, the historic canal where I worked for Parks Canada and, you know, starting to get things ready. So, yeah, so it's it's actually happened and I'm pretty excited for wow. lots of big changes. That's very cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. So yeah. I'm sure we'll touch on a lot of that today, you know, people's choices and the direction, the things we try to do and in incorporate mm -hmm. into our our lives. And we were drawn to this. Uh, Deepti wrote a, a thread just over a year ago in the forums called multipotentiality with a purpose and with the concept of, you know, of course we all come to this community and go through our lives with all kinds of different interests and passions and, and like even commitments, you know, we pursue multiple degrees. There's different careers that we could and, and want to do even at the same time. So how do you try to like merge as much of that together, balance it as you can, which is a big part of where she's been in her life making those choices and commitments, and we'll get to know that story. So that's kind of the foundation of this conversation, and our topic today is navigating our way through, you know, the various interests and options that we have in our lives. So mm -hmm. maybe first of all, Deepti, I, I, where are you joining us from? Is it still in LA, I think? Yes, Los Angeles. Nice. How long have you been there? Uh, let's see, about seven years, maybe almost seven years. Okay. Nice. Whereabouts were you before that? Um, I was in Santa Barbara for uh, graduate school. Um, I was at UCSB, and then I came here for uh, my first job, which I, which is my current job. Cool. What is your current job? Um, engineering. I uh, work for an aerospace company, and um, we uh, test and verify um, parts that go into spacecraft and all sorts of things that go into space. Uh, so there's a lot of lab work and uh, writing um, code to test things. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Code is something that I've kind of always wanted to learn and never, never got into. So maybe I should do that sometime. <laughs> Just for fun, not for any particular reason. Was that the type of work that you set out to find, yeah. to get, or did you kind of stumble into it? Yeah, it, it was something I was uh, quite 
clear on, I think, from um, mid-high school. Um, or it, it refined uh, over time. But I figured out at some point that I liked math and physics and um, solving equations using them. And so I figured out early on that I wanted to be an engineer in addition to many other things, but an engineer first. And Mm -hmm. over time, I started figuring out what types of things I liked. You know, I was always looking for the branches of engineering that had the most physics equations in them. And so I was kind of following that and it turned out to be spacecraft because I had maybe three areas of engineering I was looking at. It was robotics automotive and spacecraft. And those three things were things I found in college, you know, through co-curriculars and stuff like that. It was clear that there was a lot of math in all of them, but the spacecraft thing kind of stuck because also there's a, there's kind of a fun element to it, like imagining a spacecraft, like looking down and lots of applications that, that are exciting. Yeah. Out of those three that you just mentioned, I think space is the most exciting one for me too. So that's super cool. Can you tell us a bit about like the program, I guess, in the spacecraft? Like are these, you know, research satellites or something like that that are heading into space? Yeah. So we're basically a consultant to the government. So we don't actually make the spacecraft, but whenever various branches of the government, including NASA, but also the Air Force and others, um, want help with something or want confirmation that their process is good, uh, that's when my company comes into it. And so I end up kind of bouncing from problem to problem because people come in with a, you know, with kind of a small bounded problem, which is like, hey, there's this one thing, it's behaving a little weirdly. Could you all look at it? You do that and then you close that out and then the next thing shows up. So it's a very interesting, it's like a very multi-pod friendly job in that sense because you're just constantly bouncing from project to project. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Did you like, did you know that when you got into the job that it would be like that, that it would have that kind of variety or was it a surprise? It was a surprise. I think I ended up in a department that's especially eclectic. I like that about it, but also it can be exhausting <laughs> because I've mm. <laughs> done the thing in the past where, I, you know, like eyes bigger than my stomach or whatever, where I just like grab everything I want to do and can't actually do all of it without a whole lot of stress. So I'm always trying to like navigate that and not overcommit myself, but also not have gaps. I think a lot of people can relate to um, eyes bigger than their stomach, so to speak, and um, picking up everything (laughs) that they're interested in. I uh, was looking at your thread from a year ago-ish, And I thought it was super interesting. I mean, this is kind of the overarching theme that we want to talk about today. I found it was super interesting that you found like something that kind of grounds everything together. Um, Can you tell us a little bit? So what you talk about in your post is um, your broader mission of environmental sustainability. Can you tell us a little bit about how you kind of went from grabbing everything that you were interested in to um, figuring out that that was something that kind of anchored you. Yeah. So, like, this was um, a, a kind of a long negotiation with myself because I, I was always into nature and wildlife 
and stuff like that. Just going back to even early childhood, um, it's just always watching nature documentaries. And I kind of wanted to be some sort of nature documentary maker or some kind of ecologist or something. And there was a sort of an end goal or, or let's say an application that I wanted to work on. And then there was like an area I wanted to work in. So I knew I wanted to do a lot of math. And I also knew I wanted to do this nature thing. There were kind of conventional paths to doing uh, the nature thing, which were, you know, get a degree related to ecology or related to, um, you know, something very conventionally considered environmental. I was Mm -hmm. finding that this math thing was something I really enjoyed and I was good at. And so it seemed like these are two really vast areas that must have an overlap somewhere. So I, I kind of was exploring early on, and I, but I was very determined that I was going to figure out a way to like be a math person who's environmental, whatever that looked like. I mean, that was kind of a grounding or orienting principle. To do that, I had a vague strategy, which was, okay, engineering, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get good at that. And then... Once I have a firm foundation there, I'm going to start looking for those overlaps with what I'm just loosely calling nature stuff, because it's a pretty vast field. Mm-hmm. You know, with that idea in mind, I was trying to be a good engineer, or I was trying to, you know, just really grow at that. So I was running full tilt at like, you know, grabbing all the projects and, you know, overcommitting in college and, you know, doing other things um, like co-curriculars and art and stuff. Uh, just mostly for for balance, but I had like a lot of investment. I was ve- I was very I was putting a lot of mental energy in trying to be you know the best mm-hmm. dang engineer that could ever exist or whatever. <laughs> so I think the thing that happened in the last couple of years is that I was able to pivot because it's like okay I'm not benefiting from putting more mental energy into trying to be an even better engineer. Um, I need to start doing the, the, the second phase two of the plan, which was to find those overlaps. And so that's been what I've been thinking about for the last couple of years, at least. It sounds like you're going about it in actually a pretty methodical way. You're like, here's step one, here's step two, <laughs> which is interesting. And I could definitely use some of that for myself because I'm definitely that person that just grasps all the things and then can't organize it all. <laughs> Do you feel like you've done it in kind of a methodical way? No. <laughs> uh, I Okay, fair I'm enough. <laughs> methodical on a very small scale. Like I can, you know, I learned something interesting um, from writing recently that for writers, we think of plotters and pantsers and like people who like methodology and outlines and people who don't. But I came across this editor who had a different system and she talks about methodological pantsers so people who like methodology but kind of wing it Mm -hmm. her name's ellen brock i she has a youtube video about it that i really liked but i i feel like that really encapsulates how i work in that i kind of bounce super randomly and i don't have a long scale plan except for you know these kind of heuristics like an orienting principle that oh yeah phase one phase two and like I can't go into much detail beyond that in the long term Mm -hmm. but in the short term I can put together um, a pretty decent and methodical plan Uh, but that only lasts for like a week at the most or you know 
Yeah, mm-hmm. depending on the level <laughs> of detail. But it's like, it's a very chaotic way of working, but there's some method to it. A I, method I, to I the madness like. in a way. <laughs> Do you find it overwhelming or are you able to kind of make sense of it in your head, at least, of what your plans are and how to make decisions? Yeah. So I I go through a sort of cycle, I think, where there's like a next phase and I don't have clarity. And so I feel quite overwhelmed. That's usually when there's some sort of pivot on a small scale, like, uh, should I spend more of my time writing or doing some other type of art? Um, or, you know, something that shifts my priorities in the short term. Right before that, I start getting that overwhelmed feeling and having this sense that my plan isn't solid enough. I'd like to say that I sit down and I like figure it out and then I I feel better. But actually, um, it usually takes me a long time to really recognize that this is what's going on. But with a bunch of thinking, then I'm clear again. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a couple of months probably. <laughs> and then once I'm clear again, I'm all pumped up and I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, running through the tasks because, yeah, I'm probably learning something new and it's fun uh, and exciting. Um, so I keep doing that and then it's time to pivot again. So I start getting that kind of overwhelmed feeling again. And so the cycle continues. Mm. Well, then the like the reverse question maybe is how wedded are you to the plan? How flexible can you be when you're in the thick of it? Yeah, it's a little bit instinctual. So I'm prone to being off track by whims because it seems like this is going to get me closer to my goal because it's exciting. It's kind of like, oh, I must be excited because this is what I'm looking for. Mm. But it can be misleading because sometimes something's just fun. I'm pretty flexible in that sense, but sometimes the kind of the fuel of the excitement makes me kind of a tippy rocket that's just like zipping all over the place and not under a lot of control. It's like when you're excited, you're 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 kind of wild and that can be good, but then after a while you you could just get off track. So I think yeah, pretty flexible, um uh, but also kind of one track mind. I, I obsess quite a bit about the thing I'm currently working on, but I start just like trying a whole bunch of different approaches all at once without a lot of method to it. Hmm. I don't know if that made sense, but. No, it totally does. <laughs> Being a multipotentialite, I'm like, yep, that sounds about right for me too. Um, I'm curious, you were talking about getting clear, like you get clear in between. What kind of a process do you have for that? Because I feel like. I don't know. I think that getting clear on things when I'm in the thick of it, when I'm grabbing all the things, when I'm like, ooh, shiny object, ooh, shiny thing over there. Like, I'm not really sure what I do. I, yeah, I'm not really sure. It seems like it just kind of works out eventually, and I have no idea how I got there. So I'm curious what your experience is with, like, quote unquote, getting clear on things. Yeah, it's very much like you were describing, because I can kind of feel my my brain like working really hard and thinking really fast and I'm not quite sure what happens. It, it's sort of about priorities and thinking, oh, will this help with everything else or won't it? I think what's happening in that process, and I try to make it more of a, you know, kind of a journaling exercise or, mm. you know, not just me stewing in my brain, but I, I think what's happening is that I'm kind of trying out different scenarios in my head, like, oh, well, what if I did this first? Oh, what if I did this first instead? And at some point, it's like, oh, yeah, this one makes sense. This one actually 
like makes me feel optimistic. And so I end up choosing that. And then it suddenly it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense that it makes sense that what you were doing before wasn't making you feel optimistic because maybe it was just too circuitous a path to what I was trying to get to. Um, and it makes sense that this would make you feel optimistic. And so at, at that point, it kind of settles down. But I, yeah, it, it's like you were saying, it's something's going on, something's going on in my brain. And then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, now it's clear. Yeah, it just kind of clicks. Yeah. It sounds like there's also a bit of intuition going into it. Like it sounds like you're in tune with like, oh, of course, this is like the way I should go because now it feels really right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The intuition is kind of, it's just like this weird click, as you say, mm -hmm. um, because I feel like my intuition is, isn't usually very noticeable, but then suddenly it just like bursts onto the scene and is like, <laughs> I have an announcement to make. <laughs> and so <laughs> I kind of have to just wait for it. It's not yeah. always there. So I'm curious about how and where you apply this, like this thinking and mindset. I mean, is it just, is it like to the big things, like looking for a job and, and choosing a job basically to apply to or accepting a job? Or does it come down to like the little things? Do you get up in the morning, it's a day off maybe, what am I going to do today? What do I feel like doing? Do you kind of apply it across the board? Or is it really just for like the big decisions? I think it's more for the big decisions because there's more clarity for the big ones in terms of reasons for doing something. I think for the small decisions, like what shall I do today, pretty much everything is something that could be on the path to, to whatever my current goal is. I think for smaller decisions, I have to consciously realize that you don't have to tie it to anything. You can just do something on a whim, or you can do something for reasons that aren't exciting. Like you can clean the house because you want the house to be clean, mm -hmm. and no, no fancy justification for that. I think it doesn't work well on a small scale, at least for me. I apply it on a medium scale for, say, like projects, like what all shall I write for these couple of weeks, you know, like when I line up what I'm planning to write for the quarter or something, I feel like this makes a lot of sense. But, you know, for very small scale things, I've tried to apply it and basically realized that that's not where it applies well. It's kind of overkill, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't have to go into every single part of our lives like, okay, I'm going to tackle this like it's a multifaceted project. We're, it's like you're just washing the dishes. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Though, I will acknowledge, acknowledge that some people, that might be how their brain works. And that's totally fine. I'm not making any judgment about that. I'm just saying, like, sometimes you can just go into things without having to overanalyze it. <laughs> so has it helped you feel grounded, I guess, in you know, kind of where you are in your life and the, the decisions and commitments you've made and where you've gotten to at this point? Does it help you gain that perspective and feel maybe at peace with how things are going? Yeah, it certainly helps with kind of seeing the progress and seeing how, you know, some of these things that I knew I wanted to do, but ha had kind of deferred the figuring out portion. Like when I was a kid, I was sure I wanted to be some kind of math nature thing, whatever that was. And it feels good to look back and say like, oh, I meant this. I figured it out. It took, you know, a third of my life or whatever. But yeah, it, that made sense. And it's it's a kind of through line through all the uh, chaos. And so that can feel quite good. And it, it, it gives confidence that if I was able to figure that out, then I can figure out whatever it is that I'm setting up now, even if it doesn't make a ton of sense or I don't have all the details, I'm confident that I can figure it out using kind of the same mix of intuition and chaos. 
sometimes it feels like pressure when things are going badly or when I'm not progressing or not feeling productive. I think sometimes it can feel like, you know, I made all this, I took all this effort to get to this point and I'm fumbling it. Uh, so that can feel very stressful. I kind of have to remind myself that I got here through a lot of weird, chaotic stuff. So being unproductive for a while or having some of this chaos happen isn't going to break it. It's somewhat robust to some of the weird things I do. It's both. It's sometimes, sometimes peaceful. I think the productivity piece of things is really interesting. Where I think through COVID, there's been more awareness of like, we can't just be robots that just work all the time. And that's not the only part of our lives. We have so many other parts of our lives that are important and interesting. Sometimes if we are able to, not being productive is actually like a good thing because it gives your brain a rest and it gives you a rest. So I just think it's interesting that you brought up productivity because I think it's something, I don't know, if you're on social media, TikTok, et cetera, Instagram, a lot of people are talking about like, hey, you don't always have to be productive 100% of the day and it's okay, you know, having that realization and that awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like, I don't consciously think productivity is a good measure of progress. If you're getting mm -hmm. five widgets or whatever cranked per hour, that doesn't necessarily, it's not even necessarily a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think consciously I, I agree, but I'm also conditioned to, to what it feels like to be productive. And when things are unproductive, mm. it feels quite different. Yeah, I totally understand that. I think we're most of us are like that too. Um, you actually said in your post on the Puttyverse, I'm going to just read what you wrote. The goal is not to become a one woman sustainability task force taking on every aspect of this global problem onto my shoulders. The goal instead is to follow the ebb and flow of my interests while contributing at every stage. And you were talking about how climate change, environmental sustainability topic was kind of being tied to everything you were doing. And I thought that was just such an awesome quote going along with us talking about productivity, like follow the ebb and flow of your interests and contribute at every stage however you can. Well, before we, we wrap up, I, I'd love to know a little bit more about your journey, let's say, of getting to the Puttyverse. How did you discover the community? Yeah, I think it was word of mouth. A coach recommended the Everything Conference, and I must have searched from there and found all the associated putty stuff. What kind of a coach? A business coach, I guess. Yeah, like um, I was trying to get my blog going, and it was a coach who was helping me with that. Nice. <laughs> so a business coach who actually knew about the Puttyverse. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool when people outside the community know about us and are like, hey, check it out. <laughs> what kind of things do you get involved in within the group? Are there certain huddles you like to go to? Yeah, I host a huddle on every other Thursday about climate news, curiosities and solutions. And we kind of go through what actions we're taking to address climate change and how our projects could be connected to the climate movement in some way. Mm. I also like to drop by the focus parties. I go to those pretty regularly too. It's nice to have other people even just on a Zoom call focusing on things at the same time as you. There's something about it that makes you more productive and accountable. Well, this has been a great summary of let's call it a moment in the life of a multi-potentialite who, uh, as we try to, you know, make those decisions and bring everything together, maybe as a final thought, how about, do you have any advice for someone 
um, yeah, I'd say in the same kind of place in their life, you know, making these big decisions. Uh, do you have any advice based on your experience, you know, of how to organize and just kind of approach making a big decision? Yeah. I guess if there's an area they want to contribute to, like either a field or a, uh, a movement, then I'd suggest imagining that as a particle cloud that has all these different aspects. Like every movement needs communication and it needs strategy and it needs art in some form. And so, you know, just look at all the different aspects that it has mm. and then look at the things that you like to do and are good at and imagine that as another particle cloud because there's all these other skills and interests and bits of knowledge that you can build on. Look for mm. the connections between your interest particle cloud and the particle cloud of the thing you want to contribute to. You know, there are always a whole bunch of different connections and maybe look for the strongest one and see if you can build it out a little more. Yeah, that can kind of be your entry point to this area of interest. And then yeah, once okay. you're there, you can kind of build and work your way inward. That's how I would it. So approach you kind it. of piece it together. Yeah. yeah. I like that you call them particle clouds. <laughs> it actually, in a way, nice. makes it kind of, in my mind, visual. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great having you on the show and learning all about what you're up to and some very useful advice and inspiration. We'll keep in touch. We'll see you around in the huddles, especially the uh, the climate change one, which is very interesting and very useful. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll go from there. So thanks very much for being here. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Thanks, Vanessa. Yes, thank you so much, Deep D. 